Welcome listeners to Snippets of Knowledge, your podcast destination for bite-sized insights into the world's most powerful ideas. Today, we're peeling back the layers of persuasion to uncover the psychological mechanics that drive our decisions. We'll be delving into the mind-shaping techniques detailed in Robert B. Cialdini's book, Influence, The Psychology of Persuasion. It's a fascinating read that exposes the underlying levers of social influence. By the end of this episode, you'll have a new perspective on how these principles sway our everyday interactions, from the boardroom to the dining room. So whether you're looking to sharpen your persuasive skills or simply curious about the science of influence, stay tuned as we discover how to tap into the power of persuasion. Have you ever noticed yourself feeling obliged to invite someone to your party because they invited you to theirs? Or perhaps you've sent a holiday card in response to receiving one. This natural urge to return favors and maintain social balance is the crux of the principle of reciprocity, a key concept deeply investigated in Robert B. Cialdini's Influence, The Psychology of Persuasion. Cialdini explains reciprocity as a social norm that dictates that we should repay, in kind, what another person has provided us. It's a powerful tool of human influence, deeply ingrained in our upbringing. We're taught to believe that there is an obligation to give when you receive. Whether it is favors, gifts, or invitations, we are socially hardwired to reciprocate. But the principle of reciprocity doesn't just keep our social world spinning smoothly. Marketers, politicians, and salespeople can use it to their advantage. Have you ever been given a free sample at a store only to feel the subtle pull to purchase something? Yes, that's reciprocity at work. It's not an accident. It's a deliberate nudge towards eliciting a response from you, often aimed at getting you to buy a product or service. Cialdini also explores how this principle can be amplified. The rule of reciprocity can trigger unequal exchanges. For example, if someone does us a small favor, we may be compelled to repay with something significantly more substantial. This disproportionate sense of obligation can lead to a much larger return than the original gesture ever warranted. Another interesting aspect Cialdini notes is that the sense of obligation to reciprocate can override the influence of other factors that usually determine our compliance, such as dislike for the requester. In other words, even if we're not fond of the person who did us a favor, we'll still feel a need to repay the debt. But be warned, while reciprocity is a part of our natural social fabric, failure to reciprocate can lead to social sanctions. It can be seen as a breach of etiquette, and in some cases, it may cause one to be labeled as ungrateful or a freeloader. In essence, the principle of reciprocity isn't just a guideline for polite behavior. It's a powerful force that shapes our actions and interactions. It can transform relationships, drive business transactions, and influence negotiations. It's a reminder that in the world of influence, sometimes the best way to get what we want is to first give something away. So next time you feel that subtle nudge to return a favor, remember the principle of reciprocity and consider how it is at play in your life. Have you ever made a public pledge to do something, like starting a diet or quitting smoking, and felt an invisible force pushing you to follow through just because you said you would? That, my friends, is the compelling principle of commitment and consistency at work, as dissected brilliantly by Dr. Robert B. Cialdini in his book, Influence, the Psychology of Persuasion. Commitment starts with a single step, perhaps a decision or a stance, and once we've taken that step, there's a heavy psychological pressure to behave consistently with the commitment we've made. 
Cialdini explains that this consistent behavior is a deeply ingrained human trait. We all have an inherent desire to be consistent with ourselves. It's like our personal and social compass. Once we've pointed in a direction, we prefer to keep walking that way. It assures us, and others, that we are reliable, stable, and trustworthy. Through various studies and real-life examples, Cialdini expertly illustrates how this principle can influence our actions. Take, for instance, a study where residents were asked to place a large, unsightly sign in their yards to promote safe driving. Very few agreed. However, if those same residents had first agreed to place a small sign that almost no one could see, the number of those who later consented to the large sign skyrocketed. That initial minor commitment set the stage for a consistent follow-up action, even when it was much larger in scope. Then there's the foot-in-the-door technique a method where someone starts with a small request in order to gain eventual compliance with a larger request. It works because once we've agreed to that small request, our image of ourselves as helpful or cooperative ups the ante for us to comply with further demands to avoid feeling inconsistent. Even in the digital age, we see consistent commitments driving our actions, don't we? Every time we like a post or endorse a view publicly on social media, we're more likely to support that cause or viewpoint in the future because we've displayed a commitment that lines up with the consistency principle. So why does this matter in our daily lives? Well, understanding this principle helps us recognize the sometimes invisible forces that shape our decisions, and it offers invaluable insights to those in sales, marketing, or any position requiring negotiation. It's a powerful reminder. Our commitments, whether big or small, can set the stage for future actions and decisions steering our life's ship in directions we might not have initially foreseen. Stay tuned as we harness these insights and navigate more of Cialdini's persuasive principles on snippets of knowledge. Have you ever found yourself glancing at a crowded restaurant and thinking, that place must be good? Well, you've been influenced by social proof. This principle hinges on our natural tendency to see an action as more appropriate when others are doing it. And Robert Cialdini pins down social proof as one of the six principles of persuasion in his book. Now let's delve into some fascinating research that showcases this in action. Picture a group of people all looking up at a building. Passersby will inevitably stop and look upward to see what everyone else is staring at. This reaction is almost automatic because we assume a group's collective gaze must be fixed on something significant or curious. Real-life cases of social proof are abundant, too. Take late-night TV ads the ones proclaiming operators are waiting for your call. Don't miss out. Ever notice how they often include footage of operators busy taking calls? That's not by accident. It's a deliberate attempt to make you think, wow, if everyone else is calling, I should too. Social proof exists online as well. Think about online reviews and ratings. We're essentially relying on the masses to inform our purchasing decisions. A product with hundreds of five-star reviews draws us in, not just because of the rating itself, but because a large number of people seem to love it and we place a bit of trust in their collective opinion. And social proof doesn't always stem from the majority's behavior. It can also come from the actions of just a few individuals whom we perceive as similar to us. It's why marketers often use testimonials from people like you, because we find those relatable and trustworthy. Now here's the kicker. Social proof can steer us right, but it can also lead us astray. Just because a lot of people are doing something doesn't make it the correct or best action. Critical thinking is key here, but it's fascinating how often we set aside our judgment in favor of the crowds. Lastly, consider the implications of social proof in our digital age, where influencers and social media play big roles in shaping our actions. 
That like or share button isn't just a feature. It's a beacon of social proof, signaling what's popular or approved by others, and often guiding our next click. So the next time you catch yourself thinking, everyone's doing it, so it must be good, take a step back. That's social proof subtly weaving its persuasive web, and it's a powerful force worth understanding both for our self-awareness and for navigating the world around us. Have you ever put your trust in someone simply because they exuded an air of expertise or power? Well, you're not alone. The authority principle from Robert B. Cialdini's Influence the Psychology of Persuasion explains just why that is. Picture this. You're walking down the street and a security guard asks you to move to the other side due to some vague maintenance work. Chances are, you won't request to see credentials or ask for details. You'll likely just comply. That's the authority principle at play. People have a deep-seated sense of obedience towards figures of authority. And it's not just security guards or police officers, but anyone in a lab coat, a business suit, or even someone with a clipboard can trigger this instinct. In his book, Cialdini talks about research and experiments that emphasize this compliance. One particularly famous study is the Milgram experiment, where participants were willing to administer what they believed were painful electric shocks to another person, all because the person instructing them to do so was perceived to be a legitimate authority figure. Let's delve a little deeper, shall we? It isn't just about obedience. It's also about how authority can be, and often is, artificially created. Think about the last time you watched a toothpaste commercial. Notice how someone dressed as a dentist recommended a particular brand? That's no coincidence. Marketers use actors or well-crafted settings to conjure the image of authority, guiding our decisions on a subconscious level. Even in everyday interactions, the principle of authority can lead to fascinating behaviors. Ever find yourself agreeing to a request at work, not because you think it's the right call, but just because it comes from a superior? That's the authority principle weaving its invisible web in the workplace. But here's the kicker. While recognizing and respecting authority can be beneficial, think following laws and regulations. Blind compliance can be problematic. It's crucial to question authority when it feels off and to recognize that authority can be both legitimate and illegitimate. Knowing the difference is key. By understanding the authority principle, we're taking a step towards mindful persuasion. While it's natural to respect authority, questioning its legitimacy and our automatic response to it can lead to more informed and autonomous decisions. Stay tuned as we unravel more of these captivating principles from Influence the Psychology of Persuasion. Have you ever wondered why you just can't seem to say no to a friend recommending a new product or why you're more likely to buy from a personable sales representative? This, my friends, is the power of the liking principle in action, one of the key concepts discussed by Robert B. Cialdini in his book, Influence the Psychology of Persuasion. The liking principle is straightforward. We are more likely to be influenced by people we like. And it's not just about friendship. We're talking about a broad range of likability factors, such as physical attractiveness, similarity, compliments, and cooperative endeavors. Turns out, there's quite a bit of psychology behind that friendly nudge toward the cash register. Take physical attractiveness, for instance. It's no secret that good-looking individuals have a certain edge. They're often perceived as more persuasive. And there's a halo effect that sort of gives them free passes in many situations. But it doesn't stop there. Similarity plays a huge role too. We are inherently drawn to people who share our interests, our background, or even our values. That's why a savvy marketer might mirror your body language or reference shared experiences to forge that subtle bond. And let's talk about compliments. Who doesn't like them? 
When someone flatters us, it's natural to want to return the favor in some way, which includes giving weight to their suggestions or recommendations. Salespeople and marketers are well aware of this, and they will often sprinkle compliments and praise to establish a quick connection with potential customers. Then there's cooperation. When we engage in a task or goal with someone, even if it's a complex and challenging issue, we build rapport. Joint efforts create a sense of unity and partnership, making us more receptive to influence from our collaborators. In many ways, a clever marketer could very well seem like a teammate helping you to solve a problem rather than someone who's just trying to sell you something. Recognizing the liking principle in action can go a long way in understanding how we sometimes make decisions not solely based on the merit of the product or idea itself, but rather on our positive associations with the individual presenting it to us. It's not necessarily insidious, but it's definitely powerful. Understanding this principle can make us more discerning consumers and prevent the friendly thief from making too free with our wallets. So next time that charming salesperson recommends something, take a moment to consider, is it the product you like or is it just them? Ever wondered why those limited edition products seem so irresistible? Or why we rush to buy something when we hear it's the last one in stock? That, my friends, is the magic of scarcity at work. A fascinating principle that savvy marketers use to make us value things more when we think they are in short supply. Take the limited time offer strategy. It's everywhere from fast food to fashion. It plays into our fear of missing out, or FOMO for short. We're wired to anticipate regret if we pass up on something scarce, so we're quick to jump on these offers. Cialdini points out that by believing we're part of an exclusive group, we feel a sense of urgency, a need to act now, which often leads to impulsive decisions. Now think about those collectible items. Whether it's art, wine, or rare memorabilia, part of their allure is the idea that there just aren't that many out there. The fewer there are, the more value we perceive. A psychological quirk that collectors and auctioneers have cashed in on for centuries. And we can't ignore those dreaded words, while supplies last. Suddenly, products seem more appealing when they're in danger of running out. This isn't just about physical products. It applies to opportunities, too. Scholarships, job openings, and event tickets all seem more precious when they're scarce. It's like our brains tell us, get it now, or you might never have another chance. But beware, sometimes the sense of scarcity is more illusion than reality. Ever noticed how some online stores show low stock warnings only to replenish them later? Or how about those one-day-only sales that mysteriously reappear next week? They create a simulated scarcity which psychologically triggers us just as effectively as the real deal. Cialdini warns us to be wary of the scarcity principle because it can cloud our judgment, pushing us to want things more just because we're afraid of losing our chance to have them. It's essential to step back and ask ourselves, do I want this because I need it or just because I'm being told it's now or never? So next time you're eyeing something because there's only a few left, take a moment. Think about the scarcity principle and whether it's influencing your decision. Are you making a choice because it's right for you or just because you've been swept up in the urgency of the moment? And that rounds off our episode. We've unpacked the persuasive toolbox from Robert B. Cialdini's Influence the Psychology of Persuasion, from the power of reciprocity to the subtleties of social proof, commitment, and authority, to the fascinating principles of liking and scarcity, each plays a pivotal role in the way we're swayed in our decision-making processes every day. Take a moment to think about how these principles show up in your life. 
Have you ever felt that nudge to return a favor or found yourself mirroring the choices of your peers? Reflect on these concepts and you may just uncover the secret patterns behind the choices you make. Thank you for joining me on this journey through the psychology of persuasion. I hope you've gained insights that you can apply to your own experiences, whether you're on the giving or receiving end of influence. Remember to stay curious and keep expanding your snippets of knowledge. Until the next time we delve into another fascinating topic, this is your host signing off.